Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Twitch.tv slash ReadyCheckRadio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. I'm your host, as I am every week, Mike Byrne, and today we're obviously going to talk about some Final Fantasy XIV news, including server stuff that we didn't go into a ton of details with last week because we had a bunch of other topics, so we'll hit it just to recap for you. Uh, We're going to take a look at Square Enix's 2022 lineup, which is just looking chock full of stuff, and we'll even touch on the Microsoft Xbox purchase of Activision Blizzard. We'll get everybody's initial opinions on that, but more importantly, we'll want to talk about what does that mean for gaming in general and possibly Square Enix's future. If you want to know more and hear more opinions and in-depth analysis on that exact topic, expect that to be a huge part of Gaming Gumbo, our podcast this Saturday night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Joining me to go over all of it, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Uh, everything's going well. Uh, I don't like clowns, so um, mm. not uh, mm. particularly happy with a certain seasonal event. Mm. Well, I'm I'm happy with it, but it creeped me out. It creeped me. <laughs> Stranger danger. Understandable. Understandable. We'll get to that right off the top of the show here. But first, we got to introduce the other man on the panel, Mr. Adam Lane, aka Kronos. What's up, sir? What's going on? Yeah, uh, don't go see the new Batman movie. Then might want to stay away from that. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I'm doing good. I finished all my level 90s. I have every job maxed out now. So uh, I don't know what to do anymore, except sit around and hunt, I guess. A man is crazy. A man is crazy. I, uh, I on the other hand, on the, my side, I still have multiple 90s, not, not, uh, not Omni 90. We'll get there, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. There's, there's honestly some crafting jobs I've never even opened. <laughs> That's like a lot a, of levels. Yeah, I still see like the plus sign, you know, running through the leather workers <laughs> guild, and I'm like, mm, nah, fuck it. <sighs> um, but uh, minions still keep moving. I crossed the ninety percent threshold nice. of all the minions in the game. I uh, three seventy seven, or no, I'm sorry, three eighty seven. I think three, yeah, three eighty seven. Because I was at three eighty six, but then the last Blu-ray CD that I didn't own because it was on back order Ugh. came in yesterday. <laughs> so I clicked up another one um, <clears throat> from 386 to 387. So still working on some more. I got to finish some stupid stuff, but we'll get there. So you saw the new Batman movie, huh? I know it's not Square Enix, no. but we'll hit that first. No, it's not. No, the Batman movie's not. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I saw the new Spider-Man movie, guys, yeah. Jensen. I know that's like a surprise nice. shock for you guys. That's awesome. Item. My kids, uh, my oldest boy and my daughter had already seen it on two uh, different trips with friends, and my middle son, Torchwick, had not seen it yet. And so they were doing whatever, like being loud in the living room late at night because they'd been off school for, you know, ever uh, because of holidays. And then when (laughs) the holidays were over, they had midterms, and then they didn't have any makeup midterms, so they got like an extra two or three days off. It was just a mess. And um, all of a sudden they come down here and they're like, hey – Hey, uh, you need to settle this. Uh, I'm like, what do I need to settle? There are three of you. What could you possibly have split decided on across three of you? Uh, and it was who was the better Spider-Man? You know, to- oh. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? And uh, <clears throat> I said, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> He's the only one I watched ever. You know, I saw the first, very first <laughs> Spider-Man movie way back, and that was it. I didn't care. Oh. So I was like, yeah, it's Toby. Um, but they decided they were going to go see it the following day. Um, they were My my son and daughter were going to see it a second time. My other son was going to see it for the first time. They were like, do you want to go? And I'm like, I, I, I didn't see any of... Screw all the other Spider-Man movies. I didn't see the other Tom Holland ones. Like, I... And why would I go see this? And, um, and they were like, here, this is all you need to watch. And so they put on a video that was like the last two minutes of the previous Tom Holland one and they were like that's all you need you know that that's all you need you know Uh, and I'm like okay and they said the only reason you got to watch this is because in the movie 
it's just done via voiceover goes, behind the credits. It goes so you, right from there to, yeah, to, to, you, to you the won't, start. Yeah. You won't know what's going on. So watch your hair. Got to say, gents, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. But I thought it was a really good movie. I know it's not Square Enix yeah, related. Speaking of not Square Enix related, two out of three of us, and soon to be three out of three of us, have been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Masters on Steam. I bring this up even though it's not Square Enix related because I gotta say, I could not help but sit there playing it going, this is how Final Fantasy 1 should work. This is how Mm. Final Fantasy 1 should work. Like, there are aspects of Yu-Gi-Oh! and I'm going to be doing a first look um, as a non-Yu-Gi-Oh! player, like I've never played in my life until yesterday, uh, first look of the software on MMOBomb.com next week. There are aspects of it that I don't like. I don't like some of the monetization stuff they do. I don't like the secret packs bullshit that, you know, with the timers that kind of, oh my God, that's that pack is actually one I need for a particular deck that I would like. I don't happen to have farmed up any gems lately, so I gotta pay cash now, or that secret pack goes away in 24 hours. Chronos, that ooh. that type of stuff's bullshit. I also don't like the disenchant system so far. It's not just one currency to disenchant and then create a card that you want. It's grouped by rarity. So it's like a mixture yeah. of Hearthstone with uh, magic. Yeah, so you can't go up and down rarities. You can't, like, disenchant 10 normals to maybe create a rare. You can disenchant normals to make normals. That's it. You can disenchant. Mm. So, and everything's the same rate. It's 10 or 15 if it's a foil, and the cards cost 30. Mm -hmm. So if you run the math, if you want to make an ultra rare, the highest rarity you need to disenchant two foil ultra rares or three regular ultra rares to make one copy of the ultra rare. You can't just farm up, you know, super rares and dump them into the next highest category. So there's things that I don't like, but from a UI perspective, Kronos, I think it'd be an excellent way for them to accomplish uh, an FFTCG. Like the response windows that were popping up didn't feel... Um, overburdening or or anything like that. Now, obviously, I had to read and still will have to read an awful lot because I don't know the cards to the extent I do in Final Fantasy where I can just go, no, 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 yes, no, no, yes. So I have to read a lot and it goes a little slower, but I didn't feel like I was being bludgeoned with priority shifting windows. like, And it felt like there were just as many priority shifts, if not arguably more, than Final Fantasy. It really made me want an FFTCG official software. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. It'd no. be awesome, but no. it, it won't happen. I don't think it's. Oh uh, yeah, happen, I think really. it's. I think it's really polished, honestly. Um, they're they're like you know. I think all those complaints are valid. I see why they did those things though, but I I I think they're also valid complaints because when you have ten thousand cards, the featured packs kind of give you a way to like ma- make sure you get the cards you want as opposed to buying these packs that have like eight thousand cards in them. But yeah, I mean the fact that they go away in twenty four hours is a bit lame. I think you, I wish you could just like keep them or something once you unlock them. But yeah, yeah. I or mean, issue, and th- this but. is something I was talking about. Or the way you actually unlock the secret packs is also random. You, it's yeah. when you pick a yeah. master when you open a master pack, you might get keys, and then mm-hmm. as soon as you're done opening, those keys automatically unlock a yeah. random secret pack. So you have no control. <clears throat> like you buy master packs and get out of 6,800 cards, whatever you're looking for, or you (laughs) hope for the best on getting a key from a master pack, getting that key to open up a set you're interested in, and then buying packs from that set because you have gems. I would be a little less mad about the way they're monetizing it right now if you could use the keys at will. Mm. Like if it didn't automatically put the 24-hour clock on as soon as you got them from a pack. That way, like if I want to take... Because eventually, like, the plethora of free crystals that you get from playing the game slows way down, just like in every other TCG. But um, if you could save the keys so that you could say, okay, you know what, I got 10 keys. Uh, I'm looking for very particular things. I'm going to farm up some crystals because I don't want to spend cash on this. And now, okay, I got 2,000 crystals. That's, you know, 20 packs. Let me pop these keys and hopefully I'll get the secret pack that I need. But no, it all happens like that, which puts the clock on, oh, you didn't save up gems that we were giving away for free? Well, you got 24 hours to pay us cash. 
if you want to if you want to partake in that secret there is a that survey out yeah the the software did prompt me for the survey yesterday anyway let's uh, we, we can talk about that offline right but it <clears> does make me want the fftcg software it really does well, why the, why do you feel that would never happen uh, just, the audience i don't has. think they care enough about the game yeah they're they're it's okay. it's um it's in the miscellaneous revenue category or the merchandise category of uh, of revenue streams for Square Enix. Like the the game itself is literally and not you know maybe that's not the way all employees there think about it, but as far as what category FFTCG shows up in on their P&L, it's the merchandise category. So it's the yeah, same it's like way they treat movie. their LP albums, their music CDs, their stuffed animals, you gotcha. know it's it's just the merchandise category. It's not even in a games category by itself or anything. Yeah. To, to me, too, just like really quick to touch on it. They, oh, if, they no, cared, if they cared more, they would um, they would cross-advertise way better. And they really don't. The only time they ever put cards in an actual game was uh, Dissidia. And they haven't done it since. It just makes no sense. Like, if you play a Yu-Gi-Oh game or a Dragon Ball Z game, there are cards in those game cases when you buy them physically yeah i mean i always think they can do more but i think that to say that they do nothing and that's not what you that's not what you said that's not what you said but there are people that we know that have said that uh is also unfair i have seen they did it it was in the 14 launcher once remember it was on like the fifth tab yeah yeah (laughs) but it was there like it was it's like it well the thing is like think about that right like we play both games or i i did play the card game you play it more than me now and like we, you could easily miss that, even though you play both games. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just weird where they put stuff and how they decide to do stuff. Um, it, it just feels like it's like secondhand kind of. That's how it feels kind of to me. But I mean, I hope that it's a good game. That's the thing that sucks. It's really good. I just want to get organized playback. We did see today on the Germany site that there was a posting about organized play regionals and stuff like that. So. Hopefully, watch the other regions' sites for uh, FFTCG if you're looking for organized play. Nothing up on North America as of the starting of this recording, but maybe. We'll see. Maybe. 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 Uh, so in Final Fantasy fourteen, All Saints Wake. Very, uh, very Pennywise-inspired. Happy Halloween, <laughs> gentlemen. January yeah. 20th, happy Halloween. <laughs> Very, very Pennywise-inspired uh, quest chain this year, following the clown around, down under the bridge, into the barrens, uh, going to a festival where you're going to, you know, get eaten. Um, yeah, I got to say, I liked this one. I liked it quite a bit. I liked the dungeon that's there, too. Uh, it is not just a reskin of Hawk Manor uh, over and over again, like they've done for some uh, All Saints. This yeah. is a redesigned Tamtara Deepcroft with very unique little missions along the way that serving as boss fights. A neat little story. Some great cosmetics at the end. Uh, and if you want to go do Hawk Manor, you can. That is still on, too. They didn't yep. They didn't bounce one for the other, and I thought that was really cool. Like I did not expect Hawk Manor to be there when they sent us to the new one, and once you complete everything, they're like, oh, by the way, if you want to go to the Haunted Manor, yeah, here you go. Uh, so the the Haunted Manor or the revisioned Hawk Manor from uh, previous events is there too. All in all, I got to give this one a thumbs up. Better late than never, but I really, I was like, you know what? A lot went into this one considering that we haven't had it for like two years, Stark. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. This was a great experience aside from the clowns. Um, I, this the whole you know stranger danger popped r- right away when they're like, hey, you, you know, come join me in my house with sweets and foods and stuff, and don't tell anybody. I'm like, okay, that's just creepy as all hell. So, um, I, I I enjoy the instance. Um, I can't wait to go back and do it again. Um, mainly because, um, li- little side note, make sure you have at least one inventory slot open. For your cookie, womp um, womp. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I know I'm gonna give you the. Yeah, I'm gonna give you the sad trombone, man. Oh. Dude, be thankful you weren't doing savage and you had a drop. Oh. Yeah, well, I always <laughs> make sure. Way worse. I always make sure to <laughs> to have inventory open on that. Um, 
But yeah, it's a good instance. Well, he's got plenty I, of I time to redesign. fix his inventory during Savages while he's laying there. I mean, he's got plenty of time to just mess around with those bags. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love the instance. I love the redesign. Um, it, it's not just, it's it really makes you go throughout the dungeon being able to play in a different way. Uh, the, the mini games for the bosses were quite fun. Uh, they need to do more of this with the, their seasonal events. Um, I'm not sure why we just have this for uh, Saints Wake. It, expand this kind of play style to, to all the seasonal events. Yeah, Kronos, I'll tell you what. Last boss uh, little thing, first time, was a little hectic. It was like, whoa, whoa oh, oh, yeah. oh, you know, when, when you didn't know what to expect, right? Uh, <laughs> you hadn't done it before. You hadn't watched anything. And I went into it cold, you know, because I was like, it's a holiday event. I'm not going to die. I'm, I'm not going to fucking die. Oh, I almost <laughs> died. Oh, man, I almost died. Uh, I thought it was you know, a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's a holiday event. It's not anything, like, yeah. insane. But it's uh, for I mean, holiday events. As far event, as events go, better. it's up there. It's, it's probably yeah. one of the best ones, maybe the best, honestly. Uh, just because the instance is actually like kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not you're not gonna get anything challenging or anything, but it's like different and new. Um, and then you know, they were like getting some glamour as a reward. That's kind of nice. So like, I mean, I think top to bottom, it's it's pretty good. I I skipped <laughs> all the cutscenes. I'll be honest. I don't uh, really watch. Oh, uh, it was the, totally um, just a, a rip off of yeah. of it. Um, Although yeah, it was missing I don't, I don't those red balloons and we float stuff. down here. Yeah, that's all it was missing. That's all it was yeah, missing. The, the holiday stuff I just skipped. Like I just I can't bring myself to give a crap about the uh, like the seasonal event scenes. <laughs> He's on a Final Fantasy fourteen show where a day ahead of time he knew we were gonna talk about All Saints Wake. And the dude still skipped the cutscenes. <laughs> he was just like, "No." I to play, man. I'll play <laughs> <Yeah>. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> These cutscenes take time. The whole thing took like takes like thirty, forty minutes. I was like, "Nope, nope, that's time better spent on Yu-Gi-Oh." Well, I had to get the thing too, and I knew you were gonna have to go multiple times to get the gear, so I had yeah, to go in well, three times. Oh, you had to go in three times. Yeah. yeah, I only had to go twice, once for the actual quest and, and once right after it. Yeah, I think I think if you get if you save all the people, you only have to go in twice. But the first time we didn't save everyone. I see I figured oh. I figured it was based on that because there was no real reason yeah, was for a tracker off. there yeah. to, to be tracking how many off. souls you save. Yeah. Yep. So, so I had one extra cookie and bought some prisms. Word. Which I'll never use. Um, wow. Okay, so a little behind the scenes here for uh, Ready Check Radio, whether it's the Relic Grind or, or Gaming Gumbo or whatever. Not so much with Gaming Gumbo, right? Gaming Gumbo is general gaming news, and even if there's a lot of small news, there's still a lot of news. This week, obviously, <laughs> Gaming Gumbo is going to be dominated by like two or three topics, and sometimes that happens, and that's great. But when you do a show, back in the Game Breaker days... They were, uh, when I was there, they were specific games, right? It was, this was Legendary, the World of Warcraft show, and Sanctum, the the Rift show, and uh, XIV Reborn, uh, the uh, the 14 podcast, and all that stuff. And so when we started Ready Check Radio, and Tark was one of like the first three people uh, that knew about it, he's the first person that knew about it that was not my immediate family, because my son Torchwick and I, did a lot of the uh, like planning, like you know, my son is heavily involved in getting this all up and running. And um, one of the things I wanted to do was not make a show about a particular game. I wanted to make a show that was built around. If I was going to do an MMO like fourteen, I wanted to make it around Square Enix. We did Snowbound around Blizzard. Maybe that'll come back uh, at some point. Still on hiatus. Um, because of the way, you know, Blizzard <laughs> is yeah. right now. Uh, but that way, if there wasn't a lot of 14 news, we could go into other Square Enix things and cover the balance, right? And if 14 yeah. closed down, I still had a show, right? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, or if or World, World, World so of Warcraft. Love Square right now. Right, 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 right. So that doesn't mean that it's always easy to fill all the show notes. Hmm. And this week is kind of one of those weeks. I brought one or two pieces that didn't quite fit time-wise last week into the show this week, so we can cover them, so that'll be cool. So I figured, let's give everybody a PSA. I brought one. Did you guys bring one? 
I I could give you several. I have a bunch, but if we're sticking to one, just I'll one pick each. One. one each. You got to pick right. one. I got one. Okay. So here's a little PSA, and this might be coming from different perspectives depending on what tip. You know, there's some savage raiders on hardcore savage. We all savage raid, but hardcore savage raiders, a little more casual but still serious savage raiders. I'll get to it whenever the fuck I get to it, Savage Raiders. We, we run the gamut. But I'm going to give a little PSA. And this is coming from the perspective of a black mage who is sick to death of running dead ends and having the other ranged or melee DPS run from me. <laughs> so I'm going to show you something. Please, this mechanic that I am showing here, for those of you listening on uh, YouTube and not paying attention to the screen, take a peek. For those of you on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, thank you so much. All of you head on over to Ready Check Radio. Click those socials in the upper right. Give me follows and stuff. Um, we like that. We did pick up more followers this week. So that's that's very kind of all of you. After a, we had one day where we didn't gain a follower, and I said something, and all of a sudden there was like four or five more. So I love you all. Help us fo <laughs> uh, follow us, subscribe. You know, it's what uh, what helps keeps us going and growing. So this mechanic is not an all stack mechanic, bitches. It is not. I am so sick. Not even an AOE. Yeah, I am so sick of running. <laughs> dead ends and having the tank at the boss I'm at range because I'm a black mage there is a healer usually at range or the healer might be kind of humping the tanks area and the other DPS is behind the boss and this goes off and I go charging towards my closest friend and they With go booking it to the tank or the healer in melee range, and then none of us. This, you just got to stack with one person that has this marker. Just one. Just just one. If you stack with more, fine. But you just got to stack with one. Please, people. You're getting me, my, my poor black mage, confused <laughs> and ran into the barriers of the dead ends boss fight. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I'll never make it back to the center where it's safe. Stand with me, not running from me. That's my PSA. So, so yeah, uh, for those that don't know, red down arrow was what I like to call a let's be friends mechanic. It's not an AOE. Mm. It's not damage that's going to happen. You know it's, what I call you it? You need to stack. I call it share the Dorito. Share yes, the Dorito. That works too. Yeah, I call it share the <laughs> Dorito. Dorito. Um, you just need to be with one other person. Just one. Have have a friend around with you. Just one. Um, that way you don't get confused or turned into a frog or an imp. Um, as long as you're with a friend that has that marker too, you're safe. You'll avoid the don't secondary run. effect, which is the one you don't want. Yes. Uh, Are you? I would just ethereal the nip to the tank. I would assume mm. that's going to be the guy that doesn't move. And if they run away from me, that's what's <laughs> ass. But that's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, usually I'm just like, I, as soon as I see it happening, I'm like, fuck it, heal me. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not ethereal manipping anywhere. I'm just like, screw ethereal this. Ethereal manip just before the cast is finished. You're right. the black mages that I dislike. That's you. Hey, I see you. No, you're, I'm one of the black mages you dislike because other people aren't working mechanics. If you can, you, you can in, go ahead and dislike if me. If you then. are in Nardia, if you are in you Nardia, can go ahead and dislike me. And you're me like, then. heal me. Oh, I'm the black I, I don't even want to talk about black you mages. You can in go Nardia. ahead and dislike <laughs> me then. Point if nightmares if right you're now. not going to complain about the healer not obeying the mechanic, you're going to complain about me getting. Oh, you didn't. I Manip. I want, I'm gonna kill for expert. I want Mike in my dungeon. I'm gonna rescue him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs> All right. What's your uh, PSA, Kronos? Uh, so I'm not gonna be a little bit generic. I guess I had several, but uh, I'm gonna pick one that kind of gets to me. If you're a melee player, okay, and and it's like you know, like a harder fight, like not really talking about dungeon fight, more like extreme primals or or savage or ultimate. Don't run out to the range spots. <laughs> like the ranged are gonna be there, like so. Like for spread mechanics, I've been seeing this, and it's mainly reapers that kill me. Um, you don't need to like dash to the wall of the boss where the dancer is going, or like the range player who's giving you space on the inside. 
So you should try to like learn how to stay close to the boss so that you can hit the boss with your melee skills because you're melee. <laughs> Instead of like running away for like seven GCDs yeah, up and then not hitting anything and pressing harp. And if I, I'm watching you in the corner, press harp for eight GCDs. Like that's no good. <laughs> Just stay close to the boss. Harp. People harp. are going to give you space. And if they don't give you space, then Hit you say in party chat, like, hey, I need space. I'm a melee. I'm not like, using Mithereal yeah. Manip. You stay here. Stack with me. <laughs> if they don't give you space, hit them. And if the healer gets mad at you, yeah. blame the uh, other guy. Uh, Let yeah, the healers the run. Yeah. Let the I range mean, run. Put the ley lines down. Make sure you stack on those, though. You really want to put all the oh, AOEs yeah. Yeah. on the ley yeah. lines. Please, let me tell you I mean, how much I love that. Right? Let me tell it's you a, how much I love buff, that. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's DPS goes up if you stand in my ley lines. Mm -hmm. What do you got, Tark? What's your PSA? It's just seeing so many sprouts, um, and it's just one of the oldest and most simple mechanics. When you see four arrows coming in on you, yes, that's an AOE, but that is a, a shared AOE. You you, you want to share it with as many friends as possible. Don't run to the edge because you think, oh, it's the AOE. I gotta I gotta take it out here so it doesn't hit anybody. No, you you, you want to hit other people with it. Yeah. So share this that one. Love. You just need one. Don't nuke yourself. The one that Tark's talking about, run to the tank. <laughs> run, to the, run to the as many people as you can find. That one. The black I, just shared that stack with you. He's in his ley lines. Yeah, did fucking yeah, yeah. If you if you see me with this red triangle above my head, book it. Just like don't get anywhere near me. If you see me in my ley lines, I want you to bring every AOE to me. Every single one. And now that but I have said that, marker, now I've you, said right? both of those sentences sarcastically, if I run <laughs> into any of you in the duty finder and you ping me on Twitter because you did this to me, I will block you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us know. I think this would be interesting. Commenters, head on over to readycheckradio.com under this episode or over on YouTube. Give us your PSA. And obviously, feel free to be as sarcastic as you like, because <laughs> we certainly are. What is your PSA, your Final Fantasy fourteen PSA? Let us know in the comments below. And we, uh, you know what? If there's some good ones, we'll share them on next week's show, gang. I feel like we need the, you know, the more you know and a starburst you know, going across the screen now. No, it's not a star. You have the red triangle go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have that go flying. Um. And then let's talk about uh, some of the server stuff. We did get those updates last week. Kind of mentioned them on the show. We talked about how we're going to be able to buy the game again for those of you that uh, need it in about five days here, getting our Oceanic data centers up. The travel thing, um, or the uh, one of them's being delayed. What is it off the top? I can't remember off the top of my head, Tark. What is it? Um... One of them's getting it's delayed the, a little bit. It's the uh, data transfer. Yes. So transferring um, the data from your own world system. to wherever you want in the data center is going to be pushed to 6.1x. Yep. That's still earlier than I thought it was going to be. Yep, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, anything special <clears throat> you guys want to point out on this? Uh, the, the expansion of the NA servers is interesting. I wonder if that affects... Um, like if that's going to affect the data centers at all, or if they're just going to like tack a few onto each data center. I, I, they weren't really specific with how they were going to do that. How have your queues been? Uh... Might have been non-existent almost, like thirty. So basically instant. Even when I logged on, like right before a raid. Yeah, yeah th thirty to forty on yeah, mine. Mine have been thirty to forty for a while. There it was like thirty to forty in the afternoon, and then if I got on at like this time, I'd have like fifteen hundred to three thousand. Uh, but now, like it's like sixteen in the morning and thirty or forty during prime time, so can't really complain. But you know, we're gonna get some more help, and the game should be back on sale soon for those of you that need those. Uh, big news in gaming. Moving on to General Square Enix news. Obviously, this week, colossal, just huge news. Uh, Microsoft, Xbox in particular, Phil Spencer becoming the CEO of gaming. I know the title is not exactly that, but it might as well be. Uh, as Microsoft reorgs, and they weren't kidding when they were saying uh, we're not done with acquisitions after the Zenimax purchase, they went ahead and are moving now to acquire Activision Blizzard. 
in a move that is $68.7 billion straight cash, homie. No, no stock, no option stuff going back and forth, no saucy, you know, tips here and there. It's just straight cash, straight cash. Now, the deal's not expected to actually finalize until the Q3 of next year, 2023. Until then, Bobby Kotick will remain CEO. He hasn't been definitive about what's happened, but the the side comments that everybody has made, including Bobby Kotick, seem to indicate that he'll be gone at that point. Uh, he's just going to leave with his big-ass multi-million dollar severance <laughs> and the hundreds of millions of dollars he will make as a stockholder in Activision Blizzard when the sale goes through. This is a huge deal. There's tons of gaming potential ramifications, concerns, and other things out there, and we're going to dive into that a lot more on Gaming Gumbo on Saturday. I do want to give you gentlemen, though, since you aren't on that show, a minute or two each to just kind of get your basic thoughts out there, uh, maybe your concerns, your whatever you're thinking about the sale itself. But then I want to move this in, in more of a Square Enix direction as soon as we, we get your thoughts. So we'll start with you, Tark. You are muted. <laughs> you right. are good at huge, podcasting stuffs. Huge, huge deal. What is this? Uh, almost seven, ten, 10 Bethesdas? Is that right? Almost. Yeah, it's almost it, 10 Bethesdas. It's insane well, the amount of money. Cinemaxes, yeah. Um, they're getting one of the biggest publishers, um, Blizzard, which a lot of people still love, still support. Um, I know they're having problems. Um, they're getting one of the biggest mobile games, uh, developers in King. This is just crazy. Um, and I feel, and we kind of see it with um, Sony's stock prices dipping, that this is affecting gaming on, on a whole level. Um, I hope this isn't a, a pretense to a lot of uh, smalling minimizing the whole gaming space the great uh, shrinkening like there's the shrinkening yes great shrinkening um i hope that you know because there's so many developers out there that this doesn't lead to um a great shrinkening and, and that we still have this great diversity in game makers chronos your gut reaction to the sale itself um i don't have as many worries about it to be honest uh to me it's like monetarily it made sense to me and I, th I think they basically got blizzard for free because like candy crush and call of duty are probably going to make the money back that they spent on this um in due time and then I, I actually think it's good for the blizzard games just because they don't need to be like these powerhouse games anymore they can just kind of be good games i hope i hope that's what it means i mean we don't know for sure um, I'm not. I don't have the concerns a lot of other people have. I hear like the word monopoly being thrown around. I think no, there's still a lot absolutely. Of stuff and I'll spoil this yeah, one in case so you don't have to wait for gaming gumbo. It is in no way, shape, or form anywhere yeah, close I, to I a agree. monopoly. The closest you might get on that argument is that it might violate some antitrust rule somewhere. But yeah. even that is highly, highly unlikely. Like yeah, I think yeah. those people are overreacting, honestly. Yeah. And and like the only thing in the gaming space that it even comes close to a monopoly in is maybe like FPSs. Like, I mean, having Overwatch, Call of Duty, um, Halo, that's a big deal. But um, I mean, you can't even really consider that a monopoly. But I, I I think overall this is good for the games that they're acquiring because I think they'll get some much needed love. And I think Microsoft's gonna make Buku money off of it, so they're probably happy. I mean, it, it does kind of suck that you see these people gobbling people up, but I think there's still enough space in gaming where, where there's a lot of things going on outside of the big companies that's still mm -hmm. good. So I hope that's not the... I hope I'm right about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there I is still an awful thing. lot of time. Um, so we And we don't know particulars on... We know they want to bring as much to Game Pass as they can, obviously. Yes. Uh, we don't know what that'll look like and what all titles. We know that they have some titles that they're going to have to put on other platforms, at least in the short term, due to existing contracts that already are here. But... And Phil Spencer said today that, you know, he's been speaking to Sony and, you know, they desire to keep putting Call of Duty on PlayStation in the future. So... They, I mean, they make money every time Sony makes something anyway, so Microsoft's not hurting for the money. But it was interesting to see, you had mentioned uh, Sony's stock taking a tumble 
It lost yes. quite a bit of its value on the back of this news. Um, virtually like that. So I want to ask you, there is speculation on what this could mean uh, across the industry, particularly when you talk about the big dogs, right? Microsoft, mm -hmm. Sony, Nintendo. Uh, Tencent. You, you got to put Tencent in there, right? The number one gaming yes, revenue company in the world. And then second is Sony, and this deal puts Microsoft in third in straight gaming revenue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those are big dogs. Now, Tencent has been gobbling for years now. For yes. years now. If you play it, Tencent probably owns a portion of it at this point. <laughs> Depending on what company and what game, they might own all of it. Uh, but it depends on the game. So Tencent's been gobbling. Then we see you know, Microsoft lately get in there with ZeniMax, a couple other purchases along the way before that, and a couple after that, then this big grab of Activision. You, I think you kind of have to feel, and at least Wall Street certainly felt too, that somebody else is gonna make some acquisitions here. Sony's stock went down on the announcement. Konami's went up. Square Enix's went up. All these kind of just under the top dogs, third party companies, had stock bumps in anticipations that somebody was going to make a move to try and buy some of these. So I described it, and I, I think I saw Tark after I had described it somewhere like that. It was nice to see. I think you described it the exact same way. Are we in a little bit of a, you know, like a gaming's arms race right now? Yeah. We know Sony needs to, and in all but confirmation, is going to be doing some type of online subscription service a la Game Pass. They haven't themselves confirmed it, but every bajillion rumor points to it. We also have had rumors that, in particular, Sony and Square Enix have, a, have always had a very cozy relationship, and the rumors are to this point, at this point, we talked about it on a previous show, that they want to do some more exclusives this year, uh, whether they're timed or truly console exclusives. Everybody's on the whole metaverse crunch right now. Microsoft mm, wants yeah. to fight off Facebook, you know, all that uh, outside of gaming in particular. When it comes to Square Enix, we talked Kronos months ago when Microsoft said they weren't done buying. And we said, you know what? That'd be a nice way for them to get in Japan. Now, the Xbox Series X and S is doing better than the Xbox One did in Japan by leaps and bounds. You know, it took four years for the Xbox One to get to over 100,000 units in Japan. It hit that in a year. PlayStation's still crushing it, you know, with over 1.1 yeah. million <clears throat> units in Japan. But And that was as of October 2021. So both of those numbers are higher now anyway. But it's doing a lot better. And we speculated, could Square Enix be grabbed by Microsoft? And then there were rumors that Sony and Microsoft were trying to grab Square Enix. And Square Enix had to come out and say, nobody's trying to buy us, stop. <laughs> Do you think somebody's a little more likely to be trying to buy them now, though, Kronos? More likely? Yeah, probably. I don't think they're going to sell, though. I, I, The way I see it, um, Sony has like a different approach, it feels like to me, where they're more like partners with a lot of companies. Um, and then those companies give them like, exclusive deals. I can't remember the last time I've like looked at Xbox or Microsoft and I've been like, oh, they're partners with those guys. They just buy them. Yeah. And then the games come out. <laughs> like, I mean, like they owned like Bungie and like all those companies. So it's like, I... I don't know if like this is going to really force Sony to like change the way they do things. It might. I mean, the stock prices aren't great, but that could be a bit of an overreaction. And I think if they just stay the course, it might just eventually go back. But that could just be naive. I don't know. Yeah, Flynn um, in chat bringing up a good point that Sony likes this persona of we support the independent studio. Well, I but think you create we're not games that way, right? Personally, right. But we're also not talking about generally. They use that in the context of more indie developers, not yeah. in the in that the and not in these type of developers. And I would think that at some point, 
you know, does Sony almost have its hand forced Tark into yeah. having to make some type of move and acquisition just to shore up its own assets? Yeah, it's nice to say that Call of Duty, Phil Spencer probably from his tweet says, hey, we desire to have it on PlayStation, but we don't know. Like, you don't know how that's going to yeah, shake out. They don't out. have to. They don't yeah. have to. I would think it'd be financial folly not to be because that's something yeah, so big. Be not to, yeah. Something I said in an MMO Thoughts video that you can watch on MMOBomb.com. But, you know, you never know. Um, and Sony, if you're going to keep pumping out money to make exclusives for you with somebody like Square Enix, at some point, isn't that money almost better served by just buying Square Enix instead of paying for these you know uh these exclusives Tark I don't know uh you kind of you know hit a good point there you know they're spending so much for exclusives why not take all that exclusive money that cuz you want this partnership um Square and Sony are very tight ever since PlayStation 2 PlayStation 1 you know maybe this is time to you know really Put out a big formal offer that the shareholders just like we have to really consider this um either that or make another move for like konami um they've really been kind of sitting on their hands with their properties i think that one's more likely i i, I, do, I, do, too. Too. I do i do too um i think square and sony like their partnership the way it is um i think they're both happy with it um sony buying konami seems to be a, a more viable um acquisition at this point the only the only weird thing though is like Konami makes like all their money off pachinko machines right now. They don't right. even like use their own properties. Yeah. Like, right, but for that they can just say as part of the deal that we still reserve the rights to use the imagery. You know, that's yeah. that's really yeah. all they're they're taking at that point. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you this on the Square Enix front uh, because I think Sony. Gra I don't I don't think Nintendo's going to buy anybody. I think Nintendo's no. just like totally. You know, let's just sit in the corner yeah. and, and play with our switches. That sounds awful. Um, <laughs> we got Mario, we got Metroid, we got Link. We're good. Let's just sit in the corner and play with our handhelds. That does doesn't sound any better. Uh, yeah, they they just kind of go do their own thing anyway, right? In the corner, <laughs> yeah, losing their religion. And um, <laughs> so I don't think they're gonna do anything. I think Sony is probably if they haven't already been then I question leadership. Because if you didn't see where this train was going uh, with Game Pass and with the ZeniMax purchase, uh, then your leadership is probably not who should be your leadership right now. But yeah. if... Uh, one, Square Enix has to want to be purchased, yes. right? No. I kind of thought that their statement saying nobody has been trying to acquire us, I always thought, and I said that on this show, I thought that statement was bullshit. Yeah, I think Sony absolutely. and Microsoft yeah. tested the water, and Square Enix said, sorry, not interested. Yeah, and I wish they, I I, if that's what happened, I wish they would have just been honest. Oh, yeah, they approached us, but we're not interested in being acquired right now. Um, the other side of this is cash flow. Right, cash flow is Sony is a rich company, no doubt. They are not cash flow rich enough to go pay seventy billion dollars in straight cash for a company. Now, granted, the companies we're talking about are significantly less than sixty or seventy billion dollars. You know, that's yeah. that's not the deal. But Sony is a kind of a cash flow careful company. Uh, because of the way they operate their entire business empire, they don't have massive amounts of those types of funds on hand. So deals have to be structured a little differently than a Microsoft saying, I'll wire you the money tomorrow, um, <laughs> where Sony can't do that. Things like stock options or disbursements over numbers of years, like those all have to come into this. So they have to be a little more creative about the deal. They can certainly do it. They just have to be a little more creative. In that world, I I still think it lands on if Square Enix doesn't want to be bought, they aren't going to be bought. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, they're yeah. not certainly I mean, not going to try to hostile take over them or like, anything. Like the companies that Square or not Square, the companies that Sony would look to buy have to want to be purchased in order to be purchased. I think Activision Blizzard was like, like yeah, they were. I think they got an offer state. on their table they couldn't refuse. And yeah. they're like, yeah, we're taking that. Let's get the hell out of here. 
Yeah, if you um, don't watch my whole MMO thoughts on this, go watch the first <clears throat> 10 seconds. Just trust me, it's worth it. MMObomb.com. It's right in the banner. Go watch the first 10 seconds. The thing of the thing for me too, like the one last thing for me, is like, does do they have to beat Microsoft in acquisitions? Like I, I like the way Nintendo operates, honestly. They just concentrate on the games and they bring good service and the games are good. I don't think it's trying to combat the acquisition or feeling like you have to acquire because your opponent or your competition acquired. I feel like it puts you in a spot where you have to protect assets. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. Final Fan like look just at Final Fantasy itself. Final Fantasy is a huge upfront asset for Sony because they oh, get yeah. the timed exclusives on everything. And the last thing you want is Microsoft buying them if they're available for oh, purchase. And so you like beat up to the punch. Yeah, you acquire from a defensive standpoint. You protect your assets. My like counter argument to that is I don't I don't think Square Enix wants to be purchased. I think like I agree with you. I think they both tried. And Square Enix is like, no, we're good. Um, so I, I think Sony should feel safe in that regard to me. Because like, I feel like both of them had to have tried to purchase Square. And I, I don't think Square wants to be purchased. I but. still think Microsoft wants a Japanese company, though. I I, I, yeah. I think they... I think Konami's totally on the table. I think Konami's I on the, the table. And <laughs> many episodes ago, Tark, you and yeah. I talked about Sega. I mean, Sega and Justin's bringing Sega. that up in chat. We've We've already discussed that. That uh, yeah. you know they Sega may not and want Microsoft to be purchased. Are already partners. Yeah, they're already time. halfway in bed. They just don't call Doesn't each other the next morning yet. Nintendo too, though. Like, yeah, games. there. Well, there were rumors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that on Gaming Gumbo that Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo and got laughed out of the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that makes sense. Where they weren't quite laughed out of the room at Square Enix in those rumors, but they were just told politely, "No, thank you." At the time, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, we might circle back around to that uh, a little later in the show. Oh, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll circle back many times as, as things progress uh, yeah. in the next couple of years. Yep, <laughs> that's true. Uh, let's take a look at Square Enix's slate for 2022. They actually had this post up for last week's show, but there were so many things I actually wanted to go through and get opinions on that it didn't fit with the 14 stuff that we were talking about. Uh, as far as Yoshi P's interviews and all that stuff. So looking at their slate, Square Enix has put up an official site, 2020 or a, a page 2022 is here. And here is a bunch of stuff we're doing this year, confirming dates in some cases and stuff like that. If you're a Square Enix fan, oh, by the way, we have other stuff too. Um, you mean laughed at like Nintendo? Yeah, uh, yeah. Nintendo laughed at Microsoft, basically. That was the, the, yeah. the urban legend story when Microsoft approached them. They took the meeting and laughed at them. Uh, Life is Strange Remastered Collection. That's coming up February 1st. Uh, but uh, the other one's delayed, right, on Switch? The Switch version is delayed. Yeah. Um, no, no date on that. Sometime this year. Uh, is this a day one purchase for any of you? Uh, yes, I plan to to get this. Uh, when they announced it, um, I was like, "Yep, you know, I want to I want to dive into Life is Strange." And um, True Colors has has been critically acclaimed um, as being a good title, so I want to I want to dive into the history of it. Kronos, you kind of I don't no. think you, you don't like the Life is, or you're just yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not just into, into it. it. Yeah. Uh, how about? Babylon's Fall, March 3rd, 2002. Mm. This is one This is one I want to like. <laughs> I do. I really do. I played in their beta, one of their two of their betas now. Um I don't know, gang. I have <laughs> so many concerns for this one. I think it could be fun. I don't know if it's had enough time in the oven, and I don't know if a March 3rd release is doing it any favors, knowing a bunch of other things that are coming out in the end of February oh, and March. That so I, much so. I, yeah, I have concerns, guys, that this one's just going to end up getting buried, even if it is decent. The problem is I know it's not going to be excellent. I know it's not going to be top tier, and so therefore, even if it's just a good or decent game, it doesn't stand a chance in this time slot. And that's just against Square Enix's other titles, not <laughs> counting yeah. Elden Rings and other things that are going to be launching at that time. 
it, it has a hard road um, if it's going to stick no to this release date. And I, I'm I'm right with you. I think it needs more time. Uh, I played in that last beta. I think that was back in October or November. Um, it, it needs a, a little bit more love, a um, yeah. little more time in the oven, as you said. Uh, I want it to be good. I said this in my stream earlier today. You know, I want to give it a try, but uh, it's, uh, oh, it's going to be tough if it if it comes out on March 3rd. On the flip side, look at this cute guy. March 10th doesn't matter. The date on this game does not matter. The audience that is going to buy this game would buy it on the same day Elden Ring came out. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The audience that wants this game is going to buy it no matter what day you put it at, and that's the audience that's going to buy it. And if they get a couple extra along the way... I think Square Enix is going to be happy in Chocobo GP coming out March 22nd. As This is a day one for me. I'm sorry, guys. This is a day one for me. I love the racing game on the PlayStation 1 back in the day. Obviously, he's cute as hell. You know, very alpha, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah I just... There's no way I'm not buying this on launch day. Kronos, even your cold, dead heart can't look at that picture and tell me he isn't the cutest mofo you've ever seen. Why are you coming at me like I'm not also going to buy this the day it comes out? Because <laughs> I know you're going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely buying this. This is like, I mean, it's it's an easy purchase for me because it's a game I can also play with my girlfriend too that she'll enjoy. Yeah, so good like, call. Yeah, Damina, Damina loved Chocobo Racing on PlayStation 1, so I'm sure she'll absolutely love this. I'm sure she'll absolutely love this. This one is uh, Switch exclusive, though, for, for those of you out there that may not remember. So got to get it on your Nintendo Switch. And then the one that's kind of grown on most of us, Tark. Oh, it's Tark, you buying Chocobo Day 1? I'm sorry. Uh, No, I am not. Uh, the, the racing games just oh, cool. aren't really my kind of deal. I might get it for my son at some point, but I it's not a big thing thing for me unfortunately okay cool then we'll just turn that camera off um <laughs> <laughs> the one that's kind of grown on all of us uh we weren't initially very impressed or happy with it but now you know things have been getting better yep we should have another round of testing coming up um stranger of paradise final fantasy Origin coming out March 18th. Just look at that window. We've gone through five titles, and I'm not even all the way through March. And this is just Squeenix. <laughs> this is just Squeenix. It's packed. It is packed just from this company, not counting the other games that are packing February, March, and April. Uh, I am still excited about this. This is still day one. However, that whole dungeon thing behind the digital pre-order we talked about on this show still gets under my skin, Kronos, and I'm amazed they have not backtracked on it yet. Yeah, I mean, they still got a little bit of time, but I I don't have high hopes that they will backtrack, sadly. Um, I This game, look, it's plays, it's fun. The story's really corny, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think as long as this game has good gameplay and it's smooth and it's fun, that's all that's really going to matter for this one. It, the DLC stuff sucks, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll... Tark, what do you think? Day one purchase, absolutely. I need more Limp Biscuit. Um, need that to be its whole soundtrack. Feel free to you know turn that camera back off again. Um, but yeah, day one purchase. The, the story is so corny. The dialogue is so corny. This is not a Guardian of the Galaxy kind of narrative um, that I'm expecting. But I, I believe the gameplay is going to be solid. And I, I can't wait to get my hands on this one. Uh, then we move to Forspoken, May 24th. So we're finally into the second quarter <laughs> of the year when we hit Forspoken. Uh, this is another one that, at least for me, guys, has grown on me. Like, initially, we didn't know a lot about it. So it was like, okay, we'll wait till we see something. And then it was kind of like, mm, all right, I mean, it looks kind of pretty, you know. Okay, whatever. And then as I start seeing, like, more and more of the story trailers and the the the, the, the PR stuff that comes, right, the interviews with voice actors and stuff like mm -hmm. that, I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to this. I, I'm a little nervous for this one 
because it is releasing May 24th. And keep in mind, that will be right around the time period we expect to hear stuff on Final Fantasy 16. Um, I think it was smart, though, that they got out of the first quarter with this title. I think it has a much better shot in this May timeline than it's originally kind of unofficially forecasted uh, January release. I think that was very, very smart of them, Tark. Very smart. Yeah, this is what Babylon's Fall needs to do is kind of get out of that window. Maybe if Babylon's Fall can go to late April, it would be kind of safe there. But uh, this is a good choice to to move it. Um, it seems to be a pretty open space at the, at this time. Uh, I, I got kind of Horizon Zero Dawn kind of vibes when we first saw this. But to see the speed at which it moves uh, makes me kind of yeah. giddy. I'm, I'm excited to see how this flows and the magic that's involved. Uh, looks really sweet. It's very pretty. Kronos, how are you feeling on this one? I'm kind of in the middle. I feel like I have to buy this the first day, though. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm almost, like, pressured to, to buy it the first day, but I'm not, like, super hype on it. Uh, it looks pretty. It does. I just, I'm trying to, like, find a reason of, like, why I really want to play it, other than just, like, I'm on a Square Enix podcast, and it's a Square Enix game, <laughs> and I buy, like, every Square Enix Peer game. pressure. Peer pressure. Uh, so it's like it's probably gonna end up being a day one buy just because it's like they're putting a lot of time into it and I want to give it a try, but I'm not super sold on it yet to be honest. And then because Square Enix's site likes to be goofy, the final we go back into February, uh, at 2022 for the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. I don't think we really need to spend uh, much time on that one. It is what it is, and you know we're probably all gonna it. own it at some point if we don't already <laughs> own it. Uh, Outriders World Slayer expansion sometime in 2022. We've all given that one a thumbs up. We definitely want some more Outriders uh, in our lives. I wonder if they ever got paid. Um, and then we have Star Ocean, which all of us, sometime in 2022, honestly, I'm kind of amazed that it says 2022 because we've seen exactly, what, one video on this? Yeah. One announcement video. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't high on that video. Um so if it's for 2022, they better get to work. And, you know, I don't encourage I, people like, to Like, we don't know French, how long though. they've been working on it. True. But, you know, it just, this seems fast for Square Enix for us to get our first reveal of it and then it to be coming out. Um, but if anybody's taking direction from, you know, Yoshi P, that is the way he would rather do things. So, yes, you know, if somebody's taking a little influence from somebody at Square Enix that's successful... You know, who am I to to disagree? I think, and I've said that we've all agreed on this one before. This one has to be good. It has to be, or this, mm -hmm. or the franchise, sadly, is probably dead. Um, and that pains me as a Star Ocean fan to say. Just a couple quick hits before we get out of here today. Next week, we're going to talk about some of the Dice Awards. We did uh, some predictions on Gaming Gumbo last week. I don't know if we're going to get to any this week because of the Activision Blizzard news. But we're, we have plenty of time before the show, so we might put that in the gaming gumbo next week instead of this Saturday. But next week, we'll talk about some of the Square Enix nominations on this show and get some predictions. The show's not till uh, February anyway. Uh, we already talked about the watch being back in stock uh, and some fun stuff like that. But Kingdom Hearts news, 20th anniversary plans have been announced. Well, kind of. Uh, there's going to be on April 10th an event in Tokyo and they're advertising a mini concert, a chat and a Q&A with the dev team, an exhibition and more and a video posted later. If you're not in Japan, get fucked. Um <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh and then the cloud version for the Nintendo Switch was announced, which made a lot of people happy, fine, you know, cloud only streaming uh, Kingdom Hearts Switch version, and the bundled thing, uh, the the bundle thing, <laughs> the Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece for Cloud Edition <clears throat> was ninety dollars. Although I mean, there's a Oof. discount if you pre-order it, so it's just a seventy-two dollars, ninety dollars. surprised? I actually am. I feel like there's got to come a time where we just have to stop being surprised that Square does this. For a non-physical This is for non-physical. It's not even a digital I, game. It's cloud. It's cloud. streamed. It's, it's awful. You don't, you're not even downloading all of it. 
Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix Cloud version is $40. Kingdom Hearts uh, 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue Cloud version and Kingdom Hearts 3 Plus Remind DLC Cloud version, $50. Bundled, $90. Pre-order discount of 20% if you pre-order it. That is a hell of a price point. I mean, we're still paying twenty four ninety nine for games that are 35 years old. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these games are only 20 years old so you know there's that there's that they're oh. newer they're newer now not only do you not own a physical edition but you're not even downloading the full game <laughs> yeah here's, uh, here's my 90 dollars oh the cloud is down sorry uh last my thing $90. yeah last thing i there was an italian senate zoom meeting this past week <clears throat> Italian lawmakers discussing data transparency and political decision making and talking to Nobel Prize nominees and winners and and then all of a sudden oh by the way it was broadcast on basically Italy's version of C-SPAN here in the United States well, while they're talking to one of last year's Nobel Prize winners in physics, Giorgio Parisi, uh, all of a sudden, everybody in attendance is getting a nice, good view of some Final Fantasy VII illegal fan-made hentai porn. Audio and all. For what was no doubt the most uncomfortable 30 seconds of some people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> now, they don't know if somebody hacked the thing and did it. They don't know if somebody was on the call and watching it and accidentally did. Like, that hasn't been parsed out yet. There were quite a few people on this call. It wasn't like the three of us here and, you know, we could see who's sharing screens. Like, it took them a little bit to cancel or to cut off the video feed and then reports are that once they did figure out how to cancel the video feed, it didn't actually shut the audio portion off right away, which I think might be worse. <laughs> like, to me, that might be worse. Like, if you're watching two cartoon characters go to town on each other and you hear the sound effects, at least you have the context. When you take the image away and you can still hear the sounds, I think it might get a little more uncomfortable. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, my God. Needless to say, it was removed from the video-on-demand version <laughs> of the online meeting. But, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy bringing government together. <sighs> or to its knees. <laughs> oh, let's slide over and do Love It or Leave It. Love it or leave it is how we end every episode of The Relic Grind here. I'm going to give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, could be a feature, could be a press release, could be something tangentially related to Square. Doesn't matter. My show, I get to pick it. And all of us will tell you whether we love it, want more of it, or leave it, cast it aside. There is no in-between, and we want to know yours down below. Put it under your Final Fantasy XIV PSA in the comments. Feed that algorithm. Help us grow. Today... I want to know, love it or leave it, a hypothetical Sony purchase of Square Enix. Tark, love it or leave it. Uh, I've gone on record several times saying I don't like the Tribal Legend. I don't like this shrinking. Um, you know, I, there's a game. You should be able to play it where you want to play it. Um, so timed exclusives are one thing. <sighs> the, the other part is, you know, I've, I've bought a playstation of each version since the playstation one so I, I i'm a playstation person you know i don't have the resources to get all the different types of of systems um so i'm gonna leave this um because i i think it just restricts where all these great square titles and ips can be played so i'm gonna leave it chronos yeah, uh, while I wouldn't be, like, mad if it happened or anything or, like, super upset, I'm going to leave it, too. I just like the way it works now. Uh, and like Tark said, I think everybody should be able to play on, like, where they want, even though, even right now, like, you have to wait years before you get to play the Square stuff on PC after it comes out on 
a Sony device. So. And then it doesn't work, and it's overpriced, yeah. and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm going to go with love it. Like, and I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not real big on console exclusivity. It doesn't bother me personally because I I can just play it on any platform here. Very blessed to be able to do that, though. That's a very fortunate position to be in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not like not down for exclusivity. I wouldn't want them to do that. But in, in my mind, it's kind of like pre Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Square was Nintendo in my young young person's brain right you know when i was eight yeah. nine ten years old square might as well have been nintendo and since final fantasy 7 yes final fantasy has been on other platforms 11 was on the 360 the playstation 2 and the pc is where i first played but i did move on to the 360 and play it on there uh as well but i just still associate final fantasy games and square enix games generally with sony anyway so I'm going to go with love it simply because it's kind of how it already is in my head uh, as a fan. True. Obviously, as somebody who reports on this, I know better. But as a fan, I already have that association. And I think additional resources, additional funds will get me some of the games that I want from Square Enix in two and three years instead of five and six years. So on that hopeful in my heart reason, I'll go love it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Make sure you check out Gaming Gumbo this Saturday at 7 p.m. right here, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. And we've got all the breaking news on Activision Blizzard Microsoft covered every day for you over on mmobomb.com as well as everything else multiplayer. It's important. Go visit that site, follow it, and all that stuff. That's the one that pays the bills. This, this stuff, this don't pay the bills. We appreciate our subscribers, but it don't pay the bills. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Until then, uh, we'll be back next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, with another episode of Gaming Gumbo, chatting 14 and Square Enix. Until then, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Yeah, same as always, uh, Twitter below. I got, I'm hoping I can kill the raid this week. We had to move our raid day, so we're going Monday. Uh, I got football playoffs this weekend. Should be a lot of good games. Oh, I don't. Yeah, your Eagles, man. We were terrible, anyway. We we already sucked. I had, like, very low hopes. At least we weren't the only team that got blown out. There's that. Uh, but then it, uh, I'm probably going to be playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, actually. So, yeah, should be fun. I don't know why you're upset about that. It's actually kind of fun. So, Tark, until next Thursday, where can everybody find you? Uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, we got Raid Night tonight. Uh, we're going to bang our heads against the tornadoes in Phoenix. And... This weekend, I'm probably going to be checking out Yu-Gi-Oh! Hey! Duel! I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man 1. But more importantly, follow at Steelers... Um, at MMO... Uh, no. At RC Radio. So that we can tweet at you every time we go live with all of our podcasts or volunteer streamers. No stream from Faye tonight. Hope she's feeling better. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Go Pack Go!